The following program is for mature audiences only. The views expressed by the people and other guests on the podcast are their opinions and their own and don't reflect the institutions or establishments that they work for. So please do not get our asses fired or canceled. Thank you very much. Enjoy the show. going on glad gang it's jay whitaker welcome back to glad you made it podcast thank you so much for tuning in um it's been a minute had a productive february hope this year is keeping you bright keeping you strong keeping you healthy keeping you motivated i've had a problem with bandwidth low bandwidth high stress but we're keeping it all together. Sometimes you you have these moments of, of low bandwidth and you're like, I have no room for anything. I want to sleep. It is late right now as I'm recording this. And I had to record the intro and I was just like, damn. But I miss talking to y'all. I miss, I miss checking in. I've had a wonderful amount of shows. I'm going to be at the Riot Comedy Festival in Houston, Texas, the end of March. So go to Riot Festival or riotcomedyfest.com, I believe, and check me out there. Uh, what else I got coming up? I for, Damn it, I forget my own damn schedule. Uh, I'm going to be at McHugh's Comedy Club in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Never been to Portsmouth. Want to see what's going on up there. So uh, come, come rock with me then, April 7th, April 8th. You know, um, gonna have some more shows coming up. You're gonna see me in a specific region working over the summer. Uh, we'll get into that maybe in a couple episodes. But I'm excited about our guest that we have in today. We got Ama Marfo in the house. Ama Marfo just dropped a new special, her first ever special. Enjoy your nachos. Uh, you may be familiar with her from the New England scene. She's uh, done the Rogue Island Comedy Festival, the NYC's Black Women in Comedy Laugh Fest, the LA's Laugh Riot Girl Fest, and the Toronto's Far From Here Festival. That's So we got New England, NYC, LA, Toronto, the T-Dot, six, 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 six. I always wanted to do that. Um, and the co-producer and co-founder of Five Ball Productions. What is FOD? F-O-D. We'll get into that. Make sure you listen to the episode, but give it up. From my Stanley cousin, listen to the episode, I'm a Marfo. Please to enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to Glad You Made It Podcast. It is I, Jay Whitaker. I'm back in the studio for after a miniature hiatus, but I have a wonderful guest that I had the opportunity to work with. During during the pandy on Zoom, we, that's how we originally met. But we finally got a chance to do a show together over the weekend, and it was it was like I was like, "Girl, where you been all my life?" And I was like, "That's how tall you are. You can never <laughs> tell on Zoom." Yeah, I'm 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 you know I'm I'm six one six two when I feel confident. But ladies and gentlemen and everybody else that came to listen, we got Ama Marfo in the house. How are we feeling today? I'm good. I regret not wearing my lightning hat since you're wearing your king's hat. Yeah, I had to pull up. So okay, let all right. Since you addressed it, we'll get right into it. Get because, into it, man. Like to me, this was one of, the, and I'll have to maybe I should throw the clip in and and post, but um. My goodness! So we we had the chance to do a show together at the Rockwell Theater, and mm-hmm. is that is that is that Somerville, Boston? Is that I don't know. It's Somerville, Davis Square, okay. Somerville. Okay, so yeah, sorry for all you New Englanders that listen. Yeah, I, I'm still very West Coast and still don't know where anything is yet. But um, we I noticed she was wearing uh. A Stanley Cup hat, but it was black and silver, like L.A. Kings color. So I'm thinking, I'm like, yo, are you an L.A. Kings fan? And you said. I said this was like the color scheme that Fanatic sent me. So it is right. a lightning Stanley Cup champions hat, but the patch fell off at some point. But I think they just have like a finite number of colors and then they just put whatever patch applies. But it looks like I can see where it would look like a Kings hat. The color schemes are right. similar. So we immediately like. Look at each other like, oh shit, are we black hockey fans? Look like, at us. Look at us. Like I know we exist, but it when you 
when we meet, it's like, nah. It, I think it, it's us, Retta, and Drake, I believe. I believe so. <laughs> and, Retta's, and Retta's a Kings fan, so. There, there we go. go. But and so then we started talking about like like I guess we kind of sized each other up on our fandom. I'm not sure what happened, but we both have drink we both have had the pleasure of drinking out of the Stanley Cup. And I didn't show you the tattoo either, but I got so I have a lightning bolt on my wrist. Oh my goodness. This is wild. This so, is wild. It's serious. So, it's serious. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so so uh you know, just so you know, uh we are we are as close to hockey greatness you know if you're a diehard hockey fan mm, mm, and we recording this on on black history month uh twilight women's history month eve so mm-hmm. like this is this is history right here this is my time <laughs> my time how how was your black history month by the way my black history month was pretty good I will say uh hbo max canceled south side and i was like in yeah. our black history month Right. Mm-mm. I'm very upset. Very upset. But other than that, I would say it's been a pretty good month. I you ha- I have to say it was uh it's been a good month. I I did get mad that Tom Brady decided to retire or officially on the first day of Black History Month. I didn't like that. I didn't like that he took the attention. Like That's away true. From. And you heard the news today, though, too. Yeah, right? we won't even bring it up. I'm not Thank bringing you. it up. I okay, you can I cut won't. this out, but oh man. Oh, and every you know, like that. This was one of those days where you just like, yo, why does he do? Okay, never mind. Yep. The last, yeah. this is the last thing I'll say on the matter is that women stop telling average white guys that they're funny when they're not funny. This is what happens when you do that. Ah. Like, stop it! Stop it! Because this is where that that leads us. Okay. Well, um, that's been said. <laughs> and I love it. How has comedy been going for you so far? I mean, we look like so you you just released your latest project, Enjoy Your Nachos, correct? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. Let's get into that. Where would you like me to start? I mean, just te- I mean, first of all, how do we get to enjoy our nachos? So I started stand up in 2016 on a dare, actually, because I had done a little bit of sketch writing before that, but hadn't really done too much with it. And at the time was doing a podcast with a group of friends called The Imposters about creativity and all the pieces of doing creative projects and identifying as a creative person. And unbeknownst to me, the other three hosts said, we have decided you will do stand up this year. And that was (laughs) on the air in January of 2016. So in August of 2016, I did a class over the summer with my best friend and had a great time and just kind of kept going with it. I was like, I'll keep doing it for as long as it's fun. And for the most part, it stayed fun. So now here I am uh, in 2023, uh, releasing a special and then eventually an album. The audio will be out um, on streaming platforms next month. But for me, it. it felt like the right time to like, if there's a right time to put out an album, I was really happy with the arc that that set had. Yeah. Um, it was kind of contained to a specific moment in time. It had like a journey and I was like, I want to immortalize this particular arc. And that felt like the best way to do it. That's so dope. I mean, cause it, for those who've never put together, if you're listening and you're not familiar with how a comedy special is put together, it is about like no, no pun intended, but it is about the timing. It, the, mm-hmm. You know, does it, is it cohesive? Is it about the journey? Like I just finished, I taped a special in August and hopefully we're going to get it out next month or in the, in, or in April. But I had like, I'm like, I, I'm with you because I kind of was like, I have to kind of put this out sooner than later because right. it's going to age out or, you know, it's just, it, I'm ready for that next chapter myself. And so I, did you, did you find yourself in that process where you're just like, I, I feel like I've outgrown this. Let's put it to, to bed or is this or is it was it more just like we're done with we're done with this i think it was probably more of the second one like i love Mm -hmm. those jokes and would continue telling them but i think that like especially because there's like pandemic related material in it right there's sort of a shelf life on that and i got the sense that like if i don't immortalize it now at some point i'm going to move past it and then all this material that i loved and that got such a good response and got a good reaction and has felt so relatable to people would kind of just age out without having the opportunity to capture yep. it in any way. 
Yeah. Now that's and that was the that was a big proponent of why I wanted to get you on. I mean, obviously the the, the Stanley Cup thing is of course. that's just like are we Stanley cousins? Like I think we are. I think like yeah, that's like We're I just Stanley wanna, cousins. We should get yeah. shirts. No, I know, that's get, what I was just why you think I was touching my, my, we my, get, my we sweater. Get, we gotta get like sweaters. Like Yeah, like Stanley shirt. Cousins. Like Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, well there's the name of the episode. <laughs> we did it. No, but like, because um, I got to play the audio from, I got to find it, but I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I uh, play the audio from that set because I recorded some of it. But um, no, I'm just, I'm just happy to, that you did that because, you know, I'm, I'm 12 years in and I was, I did my first special when I was, what, it was like seven years, but I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was glad that I did it to, uh, to just move on to the next step. And now I'm like ready to do, I just did one last year and I'm ready to do a, I, my goal is to do another one at the end of this year, whether it's just a half hour. So is it, are you, is this just like, do you have a bunch of material in the tank? Like, are you working through new stuff now? So I'm working through new stuff now. Well, first let me say I am right at seven now. So okay. I'm, pro- I'm about the spot where you were when you did your first one. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's, it's not as though I believe like once something's recorded, you can't do it anymore. But I do kind of like the challenge of like finding new material that I could weave in with existing stuff. And it's intimidating because it's like, I know how to write jokes. I've done it. I've been doing it for a long time. But like once you've burned off some of the stuff you like the most, and I'm not starting fully from scratch, but like pretty close, it's been really interesting to kind of learn how to rebuild. Yeah. And it's, what I'm doing now, I have like a series on Instagram called Joke in Progress where I'm like documenting, yep. um, writing a new joke and kind of showing people what it looks like to have like just a line that like sticks with you and then turn it into a joke and then like showing people where I spiral and I'm like, none of this is funny. What do I do? And it's been really interesting for accountability for one, but also mm-hmm. to just kind of like show people how I write and learn how I write because it kind of differs every time. Yeah. I think that first of all, that just the transparency of that process, like I applaud you because one, I'm like, I wish I saw when I saw you put that together, I was like, oh shit, there's flow charts in this. Like, you know, I was like, there's a, there's like a Venn diagram. You props, like all props, because I couldn't, I couldn't help but just like salute when I saw that because I would. I wish I had that type of organization or, or discipline. You know what I mean? Because for me, it, I, I kind of have to talk it out or, you know, and so when I put the pen to paper, it's all bullet points. And that's yeah. probably just from military service and where we're, I'm just used to being PowerPointed to death. But, you know, like I just, when I saw the attention to detail, I was very just impressed just by your process. So like that, that was that's that's got to be liberating though to move on to the next uh chapter in your material it's it is and it's been really cool to me because like as i started documenting it and showing it other people are like oh i write that way too and i thought i was the only person or i can't write that way how do you get yourself organized in that way so it's been really affirming to realize that like not everybody's doing this the same way but we're all kind of on the same journey just like doing it in different ways but i've really liked talking to other people about their process that's been a fun side uh side product of it have you always uh written that way you know, it kind of depends on the joke. Um, yeah. I'm like a writer by trade. Like I write for my job, have written for years. So yep. longhand just comes really naturally to me. Yep. So there are some jokes and I can think of one in particular. Like I have a joke in the special about uh, when I went to space camp and like that joke. You went to space camp too? Stop it. Did you really? I promise. Jay. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Yo, no, like, I'm tripping right now. Like, I went to space camp in, like, Idlewild, California. My mom sent me to that joint. That's wild. When, did you, just, when did you go? Uh, This was, like, I'm an 80s baby, so this had to have been, like, God, like, early 90s, maybe? Okay, okay. so I went in 1999, and I talk oh about God. it. I talk about it in the joke as being, like, right on the heels of like deep impact and Armageddon. So for me, the whole thing was just like, 
what would Ben Affleck do in the situation? Which they right. don't love when you ask that for like six days straight. But that was my experience. I um, love that. But yeah, so that joke, I remember I was just like, I was driving in Rhode Island. I don't even remember why I was in town, but I like had a car was like in the parking lot at Target. And it kind of just flashed to me at once. Like, this is a joke. So I stopped driving in the Target parking lot, pulled my notebook out of my backpack and just like wrote out that first draft of it. And it's pretty close to that first draft, but that doesn't always happen. Like with the one I'm working on right now, like I have a bunch of pieces that feel like they're funny and it's like cobbling them around and moving them in order and like trying to figure out, is that just funny to me or is that something that an audience could find funny? And it's, I'm really been wrestling with it in a way that I haven't wrestled with a joke in a while. So it's been an interesting challenge to like, just stick through it. It's like, don't scrap it because it's hard. Just push through it. You will find it. It's going to be okay. That's wild. Like I just, I'm, I'm one of those where I'm like, yeah, this is funny. I, Oh, I'll totally remember this. I don't want, I just want to be in the moment. Please don't get on your phone. Like, don't get on your phone. Just stay in the moment. Yep. And and I I I forget it. I have forgotten some of my best material and some of the best stories or some of the best tags, best punches. I'm like, I have forgotten all of it. It's, and like and that's why like I don't I kind of have like a love-hate relationship with posting things online, but like one thing yeah. that I have liked about it is I'm not shy about posting multiple versions of the same joke. So like someone will comment and be like, this phrase is funny. And I'll realize I've completely forgot I ever said it that way. And what somebody else responds to is like, oh yeah, I did like that I said it that way. Let me bring it back. So I like the feedback that comes from it. Not everybody does, but that's been helpful for me. I, I had a issue. Like I used to do that. My, probably my first, seven or eight years I was doing that all the time. Mm -hmm. And, and, and then eventually I realized I was just giving away, like every now and then you see people argue in the comments over something that you said, but then, which gives you the tag or gives you adds to onto the story. Mm -hmm. Then I was just like, nah, I was, I stopped doing it. I don't, I think it's just because I've just been avoiding social media in a way. Yeah. And I the argue like I have less tolerance for discourse. So it, it's just like I'm just like, "Oh, no, I don't want people arguing over be- I remember one time I said I really like trail mix and everybody lost their damn mind. It was On what grounds? They started arguing over trail mix. Like eat it or don't. Who cares? Eat it or don't. That's like I just like trail mix. I mean, Dwayne Perkins, one one a OG comedian from, you know, um New York. New York, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh he's he did he did he, he had a bit where he says, I like almonds. And yeah. yeah, it's a it's a great bit. I love it. But it was kind of like me, you know, saying I you know, when I uh kind of giving a tribute to Perkins when I said that, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, I, I like trail mix because I was thinking I was just and I was like, I wonder if people will really argue over this shit. And they did. So it would seem. Apparently they would. And it's it's challenging because I think that having stuff out there, sometimes there's like this sensitivity to giving it away. Right. And for me, it's been a good exercise to kind of like push back and be like, even if it does get given away, even if it feels like you're burning out your stuff, a people will see it and they'll want you to do it when you see them live. Yeah. And People, people want that. Yeah. So like they like seeing stuff that they know. So to me, it's not like burnt quote unquote, once it's online, but also, um, Rob Delaney, and I love, like, I love his comedy, but I also really love, like, his just general writing. And he has this thing about, like, be free with it. You're good enough to come up with more. It's yeah. okay. Like, even if someone takes that idea, A, they're not going to do it the way that you do it. And B, you have the capacity to build something that will probably end up outperforming it. So don't be too precious with it, I think has been yeah. a really valuable kind of lesson for me. Because I'm always panicking, like, I love this joke. I'll never write anything good ever again. And that's... <laughs> So yeah. far, touch wood, not been true. So, right. yeah. Well, and the, and the best thing, and this is why I'm just excited for you because one, you you put it out, and it's. I'm just excited for like the next four months. You're just going to absorb so much mm-hmm. by and without even trying. Like you'll just absor- like you think you run out of material. Like oh my god, I just burned. I just burned an hour. Yeah. Like now I got to rebuild and watch. It'll come so quick. Like I've rebuilt. I, I was so nervous to put all that stuff, 
you know, you know, record it. But then a month later, I'm already like teetering at a new half hour. And I'm like, well, not a month later, but definitely a few months later. I'm like, all right, well, because there was leftovers. Obviously, there was leftovers mm-hmm. that I didn't use. So I'm like, all right, well, that's going to be added into the new set. And I'm already chilling. So I'm like, damn, you know, I was doing the new stuff with y'all like, on, um, on Somerville. So that was that was just fun to just I might just I might talk about Black Stanley Cup shit like this is. I mean, I think you have to now. Oh, my God. Like I want I want a shirt. I want. Yeah. That's that, that's that should we need a Facebook group. There's got to be a Facebook group for black folks that have drank out the Stanley Cup. We, if it doesn't already exist, we got to make it. My sister will join. She was also there. So, oh my God, the three of us. And then we'll get Retta because I think she has also. This uh, is, yeah, we'll make this happen. That's wild. So, originally, you grew up, you grew up in Boston, right? I didn't. So, I grew up in Florida. This is, oh, South Florida. South Florida. Yeah. So, it's a journey. Born in Canada. Oh, wow. Raised for the most part in Florida. And then went to college in Rhode Island, went back to Florida for a few years, and then got to Boston in 2012 and have been here since then. Wow. What? Okay, first of all, why Florida? I'm not hating. Fair question. No, listen, it's a fair question and it has become incrementally more fair over time. Uh, My dad's a professor and he worked at the University of South Florida. So we went with him. Yeah. And then, so which, like, which do you prefer, you know? As, if if you're just being honest, like we're, no no state is gonna we're not they're not gonna kick you out of the Commonwealth. Don't worry. I like the weather climate of Florida and the political climate of Massachusetts. Well, the political climate of Canada, but of yeah, my options, like, the the political climate of Massachusetts. That's like that's wild. I, I want to go to Canada just just to poke my hand on the other side. I was I went and I remember I visited Niagara Falls, New York, mm-hmm. and. We had a show that was there that ended up getting canceled, so we were just stuck there uh, in Niagara Falls, New York. Now, for those who have never been to Niagara Falls, New York, that side is a city that had no plan after 1960, probably. Thereabouts, like yeah. it. It is a relic. It's it, like it's it's kind of sad. Actually, it's sad. But and then you just you look on the other side, you see all the Canadian people having fun, take a pic. Like it, it looks so fun on the other side. I was like, man, I'm I'm all we got over here is Tim Hortons and, and a Rainforest Cafe. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's- okay. So that that Tim Hortons Cafe is there, the Rainforest Cafe is there, and on the other side, there is the is, TGI Fridays. Well, there's a lot of IHOPs. I don't know why. There's like <laughs> five IHOPs in Niagara Falls, and I'm I genuinely wonder. If like that was their way of being like, yeah, we're international. We have like five locations in the wow. but like on the same street, there are like four, <laughs> and then there's one that's like in a tower, like a revolving IHOP. And I went, um, the guy that I was dating at the time, I went on family vacation with them, and I was like, I want to go to the revolving IHOP. Like that's the thing I want to do. And they're like, that's the thing you want to do. And I was like, yeah, that's the thing I want to do. So we went to the revolving IHOP, and oh, yeah, five IHOPs in a in, is so unnecessary. But that to me is like their play. They're like, yeah, we're international. We have five locations. Like, there's no other reason for that many in a small enough yeah. radius. <laughs> there's no reason. No. There's no. There's no reason. Somebody at corporate, or I, I, yeah, that's that's marketing. Yeah, they're like, is someone's... it international? And they're like, it is. And here's how we'll do it. Like, <sighs> no, that's see, that's that's bad. Poor plan. That's that's bad city plan. It's bad. <laughs> No, um, folks. I mean, so Boston's been treating you good as far as as far as comedy goes, mm-hmm. and Florida treats you nice during the summer. You know where where would you? What's your favorite city or region to perform in? Have you been getting out on the road or? I've done a bit of road stuff. Um, I, I New York has treated me very well. I yeah. like around the time that I was kind of ramping back up. So like I said, I started in 2016 and I took like six months off in 2018 because, well, the diplomatic way of saying it is my brain broke. We'll put it that way. Um, It was a major depressive episode. But then when I came back out, I started with 
uh, the Black Women in Comedy Festival in New York in 2019. And, and like that was like a really good time for me to kind of get back into performing. And it was a group of people that like I wasn't really sure how I was going to do because like performing in Boston, it's like a bunch of white dudes. So I was like, how am I going to do with black women? And it was amazing. Just everybody was so different. Everybody was so supportive. And like I've gone back to that festival now two more times. I'm going again in June. It's just been this wonderful community that kind of lifted me back up when I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing and nothing has been funny for six months and I don't know how this is going to work. So since then, I've made a lot of connections in New York. I go back and forth there a good bit and have really, really enjoyed meeting people there and finding new shows to perform on and catching up with friends that live there as well. Right. No, so you, okay. So I got to ask, because you talk about your brain broke and I get that. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I feel that. And then just, I love that you took care of yourself. And when you came, when you went back into comedy, you did it amongst people that look like you. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Was that, was that, did that help accelerate that whole healing process? It, you know what I'm saying? It did. Because I think that being able to be around people that kind of understood so many of the life experiences that I had had after just being in a place where I barely understood what was going on with me. Mm -hmm. Um, it was affirming at like exactly the right time. Yeah. And then like, so that was like a major depressive. I don't typically deal with depression very often. My brand is usually more anxiety. So like, it was also very new to me to have to deal with that kind of challenge. Like I know what anxious feels like. It's not great, but I understand it. And then I just got super depressed and had no idea what was happening. So kind of coming back out of that and then just like being around people that are like, we got you. You're good at this. You can keep being good at this. We'll keep supporting you. It was incredible. Like I would not have the career that I have right now had I not done that festival. And I tell people that I met there all the time that. Right. Well, and that's, and and comedy festivals are, are, can revitalize you. Mm -hmm. They, they like, it's so, well, comedy festivals for me changed. It's the reason I, I, I moved to the Boston scene. That's you know right. I you mean? mentioned that. Yeah. And so it, it, it's amazing how, you know, one festival in, in North Hollywood where I meet the homie Corey Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. And then I see him at another one at Big Pine in Flagstaff, Arizona, which led to like a series of events. And the next thing you know, I meet my now wife who's from Mass, you know, while I'm in Utah. And mm-hmm. here I am, you know. Mortgaged up, married up, you know, gigging on the regular, like, and I'm, I guess I'm a Boston comic. And I'm like, how the hell did that happen? Yeah. But, but it's, you know, and, and that's it. I'm so happy that you, you knew exactly what I was talking about, because when I was kind of healing, going on my healing journey, just being more in predominantly black spaces, performing comedy was such, was such a great way for me to like find my legs again. Yeah. Cause it, it made me feel like, all right, well, I'm not, I, I, I don't know if maybe you could understand, but it, uh, you're just like, well, if they get it, I'm going to be all right. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, and I talk about that a lot. Um, so the group that I produce with it's Fodball Productions. So we do shows yep. that are predominantly for comics that are the first only or different on their lineups. And Oh, I was wondering what that stood for. Okay. Yes, first only different. That is okay. that is where that comes from. So it's been really interesting because we did a feedback mic a couple weeks ago. We hadn't done one in a really long time. And just having people that are predominantly female or non-binary just be in a room and you can tell that they are immensely more comfortable than yeah. I've seen them anywhere else. And they were good because of it. Like all really yeah. talented folks, but were great to excellent because they didn't have to sit in a room where they felt like they were going to be misunderstood. Like you cannot underestimate the value of that. And I think that in Boston, and you know this, we have so many spaces that frankly, for people like you or I, or people that were in that room do not provide that. So it's the challenge of being good at this, plus the challenge of being good at it in a space that frankly often doesn't care what you're doing. And building that space for people has been really really rewarding because it's like people that i wouldn't go i wouldn't see it open mics anyway that would yeah. come to our show and i'm like you're amazing why have i never seen you before and they're like well i don't like doing right. it the other way well and, and and the thing is is and what i enjoyed about it was i mean at the end of the day like we got to pay bills yes and so sometimes you're going to do a gig where you're going to be 
you're definitely going to be the the FOD. The, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. And so, and you're talking to an audience that does not get you. They've never seen, like, if you, the second I tell an audience, like, that doesn't look like me, that I used to do comedy in Utah, they're just like, what? We don't even know what to do with you. Mm-hmm. And like, I, but when you get amongst a more diverse crowd and you can, they already know. They already, like, they may not understand your journey, but they know, like, they understand why you were there. Yes. They understand. So, and it just makes the conversation easier and you're more willing to share with that audience because you're, you're super comfortable. So then next thing you know, you're, you're sharing, you're giving your, you're giving more of yourself to this audience and mining new material and crafting it right in front of like, I've crafted so much new material just in front of black audiences mm-hmm. or, or, or queer audiences or, or geek spaces, you know, just, just the, in front of FOD audiences. Now you got me using it, but I mean, it's just like, um, it, so kudos to like just providing those spaces because there's nothing, I mean, there's nothing wrong with comedy. Like you're, uh, you got to play the game and you're going to, pre- you're going to perform in predominantly white spaces, it's part of the job. It's, 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 yeah, it is what it is, it but is. you need that. You need as a person of color, you need that, that room to grow. It is it. I find. And what I tell people when we do it is that it's not necessarily to create spaces where it's like, you're only performing for people that's, that are going to get you. I don't know that we're going to be there anytime soon, but what I do think it does is it kind of fortifies you for when you go yes. into a space where it doesn't, because you still have a sense that like what I'm doing is working. It might not be working here, but in a global sense, right. or I had a really fun show and that energy can kind of tide me over to when I go to another room in two nights and don't have a good time. I know yeah. that I can still enjoy this. So it's, it's a place to kind of like come back and treat as a home base, yep. even if it's not necessarily what you're going to get to do most often. And I think there's, the, right. there's value in that as well. Right. And and that's what I loved about being at that space was just the fact that I'm like, oh, my gosh, like I could I can just let loose. I could talk spicy. I didn't I, I went up there with no plan and we had a I was just like I didn't it was late. It was fun. The space was dope. And I was just like the crowd, even though it was, I was like, it's Saturday night and it's late. I figured y'all would be tired, but y'all want to talk spicy. Let's get into it. Yeah. And, and it, you know was, what it I mean? was fun. It was, it was, so it was, it's, and it's just great because next thing you know, in a, in a couple of days, I got to do a corporate and, you know. <laughs> you, can't, you can't play around as much in a corporate. We'll say that. Yeah, you can't. You can't. You just you play the hits, you know, um, you play the hits, do a little bit of crowd work, you know, lightly make fun of the boss and then move on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, but uh, that's dope. And I, I, I just appreciate you just create, you know, as a, again, just having that space for, for, you know, for us, you know I mean? That's dope. Like um, producing a show, do's and don'ts. I, I'd love to hear oh, everyone's gosh. do's and don'ts. I would say in terms of do's, um, just create a space that people want to hang out in. Like be nice to people, be appreciative, be respectful of their time as much as you can write stuff down, <laughs> which seems yeah. like a small thing, but people don't. It causes problems. Um, Yeah. And then I think in terms of don'ts, like, I think that even though sometimes I'm a little bit hard on the Boston comedy scene and on the comedy scene in general as a whole, like, it is very possible to work with nice people. Like, don't work with shitty people if you don't want to. Um, And it's, it's avoidable. Like, people treat it like it's not. It's absolutely avoidable. So just like, don't work with shitty people. Work with cool people. Especially in a scene this vast, mm-hmm. it's uh, where we're at. It's a solid region. Like you can, you can. There's people I haven't seen. Like, and I'm not even talking about shitty people. I'm just saying there's the homies I haven't seen. In, yeah, I ain't seen them in a fortnight. I haven't seen them in the, you know, a whole equinox has passed since mm-hmm. I last seen them. So it's just like, damn. And uh, but that's just how. But that's and that's something I'm extremely kind of fortunate about because you, you get a chance to really, you know, like, Oh shit, what have you been up to? Let's hang. You know what I mean? It is. So. Yeah. It's, it's been like, I am very much the type of person that like, if left to my own devices, I would be in the house all the time and it would not bother me a bit. And to be able to kind of have something that drives me out of the house and can put me in front of people that I really like spending time with, like 
I'm too old to be going out for no reason. I don't have that anymore. So Come like, on. so yeah. just pick cool people that you would want that are worth leaving the house for. I like that. Pick cool people that are worth leaving the house for. I mean, if you don't, if you're listening right now, I know you felt that in your soul. I sure what, so. We are the, we are the sum of, we are the sum of the people, what the five people five that people. we spend the most time with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So I'm, do, do, does my dog count? Absolutely. Okay. Fair. I mean, all right. I'm, I'm doing okay then. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, all right. I'm doing all right then. We're, what about we're, you? We're doing great. How's your how's your five? My five is good. Um, I've been again like really lucky that like the people that I co-produce with and work with the most often are just wonderful people that care about being good at this and care about being good at it in a way that is also good to people. So like, yeah. what more could you want? Hell yeah! All right. So now that you now that you finished. Uh, you know, uh, the project and everything special. Mm-hmm. What is your next plan? Um, that's a, What's very, next? that's a great question. So in the immediate future, I, uh, I got selected to do a writer's residency in Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Come on, let's go. Congratulations. So it's the St. Nell humor writer's residency for women. So I will be there for two weeks just to work on comedy. So I have a couple bits that like I cannot crack. And I'm like, I will come back from Pennsylvania with this bit cracked. I will do it. Um, so I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. And then I also have a spec script that I want to do. And I just need to sit and have nobody bother me and write it. So I'm going to do that there as well. Uh, see, I I envy you so much. And and that's congrat- – first of all, congratulations. Thank that's you. super. That's super, super awesome. And – I'm with you there. Are, I have like, like dreams of just me getting a, a Airbnb or a Verbo mm-hmm. for like a week. And I just, you know, I go to the general store, I load up and I just, I just like, do not leave that cabin until I have the next great script. Mm-hmm. And I think of like, I think about it intimately. What's wrong with me? I want that for you. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> do it. You gotta do it. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens. When you were, when you write, do you have are you one of those where it just comes in increments or you just have to be shut yourself completely down or You know, I am not a write every day person. I never really okay. have been. So frankly, I think like that 2 weeks of writing every day, like that's going to feel a little bit out of the ordinary for me, but I mm. also am like I've talked to my job like I'm not going to have a whole bunch of other stuff to compete with and they're cool with that. So, I think just being able to say like Today it's this bit. Just get on the floor, map it out, and then like whenever I finish that, then the next bit will be like, all right, you know what you want the script to do. You've laid the beats out, just write it. And putting all the tricks and incentives that I need for myself, most of them are snacks, in the way to kind of like keep <laughs> me moving. All of that I think is gonna be a part of it. But oh yeah. Yeah, just having that time and like things that I know that I want to work on it's going to be a fun challenge to kind of just be like, this is the time you have no better time than now. And that's what it is for. So just like go forth yeah. and do it. I mean, it's official. It's got like a whole title. It's I know. Got like a, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like a retreat. You probably should do, you should probably work on comedy. Since I'm here. <laughs> you know, like since I'm here, I guess, yeah. you know, I guess I'll write a new special mm-hmm. in two weeks. You'll do it. <laughs> I believe in you. Thank you. You like, all right. So, um, who, who would you say are your, your, influences your comedy influences oh. coming up or just like when you gosh um so i mentioned rob delaney who is like a really yep. good like just humor writer um yeah really evocative writer i don't know if you've read his books um no i mean like he does stand up and like wrote catastrophe yeah. and has done a whole bunch of stuff he's wonderful i met him he left his wallet at, at the village Inn in salt lake city and had to tweet me to like yo can you tell them that, like it was a whole you got a tweet from super- rob delaney he's so good at twitter that's an honor <laughs> I know. Well, like it was, it was so weird, but this was like 20, it had to be like 2014 or Mm -hmm. something. And I was like, and I remember just look like, cause he was in Salt Lake and I look at my Twitter cause we all went, like we all went, I didn't open for him. I I don't know if I was on the show or not, but like, we all just went to hang Mm -hmm. and he left his wallet there at at the place and he DM me and I was like, I'm like, what? And it, yeah, it's 2014. So getting a, 
a, a tweet from Rob Delaney in, in 2014. That's like, that's a, that's kind of, I was like, oh, that's have a, I that's arrived? A, that's a flex. Yeah, but it was then, uh, but then I was like, oh, it's for his wallet. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> Listen, just like, say less. When you talk to okay. people about it, say less. Just like, yeah, okay. Rob Delaney DMs me. No further questions. Yeah, it was 10 years ago. Yeah. There you go. It, yeah, he DMed me, past tense, whatever. Perfect. But it, um, but that's dope. I mean, so he was one of your influence. I'm sorry. No worries. So Rob's definitely one. Roy Wood Jr., incredible. Classic. So yep. good. Had him and on like, the show. The loveliest human ever, right? Like, incredible. Yeah. So great. He is, Roy is one of those people where I'm like, you you don't need to do this for me. Yes. And then he'll do it. Yeah. I I was shocked to have him on the show. And I was like, dog, you you need to do this. But he and he had his he invited my brother on the show on his show. Just wow. A a wonderful human being. I wish that dude so much success. I'm like one he, of the nicest. Again, like to the point of like working with nice people, like I want him to be the most famous person on earth. And he is Absolutely. good enough to do it. Like yeah. I want that so badly for him. Um He's in his bag right now. It's it's, he, it's crazy. I'm like it's, it's it's crazy. I'm like, give him the daily show. He's ready. He and Come he, on. He, give it to him. It would be amazing. Let's pray on it. <laughs> so I'm gonna rub. I'm gonna rub Lord Stanley and just say yes. That's how we get. That's how we get what we want. Um, all right. So Rob Roy. Uh, I think in terms of like delivery and like writing and like it is not in my sensibility. I don't think to have like ease in joke delivery. Like it's I'm yeah. comfortable with it, but like ease is not really in my nature. So somebody okay. like Adolce Sloan or Janelle James or Naomi Kerrigan, yeah. I'm like I envy and admire that smoothness so yes. much and like gosh they're again another three people i'm like janelle james is finally getting there but i was like all right get the other two like up there because they're amazing amazing right it's so dope to see where black comedy is going right now mm-hmm. it's just it's just so dope because i think people are, are realizing like we are it's just so so many different versions of mm-hmm. us and it's so fun to see that. It's so fun to see there are different flavors, different styles, and it's not just what some people thought it was in yeah. 1990. Exactly. You know what I mean, exactly. It's and then it's and it's it's not. There's we're more quirky than 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 you think. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're having and a lot of different experiences. So whatever yes, you thought we are. it was, it, it's yeah. so much bigger than that. It's. Well, and I think it's just, especially what I've, what I enjoy is like, as a, as a, as a black comic that started comedy in a predominantly white area and and still doing comedy in a predominantly white area, it's like, it, our, com- like black comedy in, in these areas has a different tone, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's being around peers like you and, you know, and, and and a lot of the comics in the scene have just helped me find my voice. So I thank you. Like, I remember when I was working with you on that zoom show, I was like, this is just dope to, you know, see people do their thing. And mm-hmm. so, and just be, you know, just be us. I don't know. It's yeah. hard, it's hard to explain, but it's, I know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It's, it's just, there's a sense of having to live up. And especially because that was like a corporate show. So you kind of have a sense of like, what do these people think I'm going to say? Yes. And then being able to just kind of sit in, nope, I know what I came here to do. I don't care what they're expecting. Like, that's a really, it's a, it's a tough line to have to walk. And I don't know that people always realize that we have to do that. It's like, right. you're doing what you want to do, but also kind of managing an expectation that right. a lot of people who are in that majority don't have to think about. Like, they're not worried. Well, I think for any number of reasons, they're not worried about if they're relatable or not, but we have a different challenge, you know? Yeah. And I think, but I think that's what makes it, I think that's what makes it better. That's what makes us better. Like I sleep well at night because I think I'm comfortable going up in front of any audience because I'm like, if, if anything, Utah or not even Utah, but it was just like, I feel like where we're at now, it kind of, it forces you to be yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you just you have to you have no choice but to be comfortable with yourself because I'm just like, I don't know how to explain this shit to y'all. But this is just 
Yeah, it's like, I don't know Here how to go. explain it. I don't have time to explain it. Like, you kind of got to just go with me or else I'm going to keep moving. Like, and it's like being able to just sit in that, like, it's not easy to do and it takes a while. And I think sometimes I still struggle with it, but that is kind oh. of a piece of it. It's just like, you kind of just got to come with me. I don't have time right. to explain. Like, we have to, let's go. Like, get in, yeah. get in, get in. We're leaving. Like, come on. And and that, but I see when I watch you perform, like I see it, you're very comfortable with your, it's like your comfort makes everyone else feel comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Cause you just, and, and, and that's, and that's so much with, with comedy. If you can tell that the person is comfortable about what they're saying, uh -huh. it makes the joke so much easier. The material just goes over. Even if they don't fully get it, they're like, well, this person's mad comfortable. Mm-hmm. So, and two other yeah, two other people I'll shout out that are amazing at this: um, Jay Jordan and Matthew Broussard, both just like very, yeah. very sharp, very fast, and like if you are not with them, they do not have time. Like they're just gonna keep I going, and it's I love that. and it's and it's not even just like they're gonna leave you behind, but it's like you'll be walking home, or you'll be doing something the next day, and be like, oh my gosh, that was brilliant! And they're both so great at that. Um, just yeah. like having a joke that like it's a slow burn and then like the fuse will go off like in an hour or in four hours or in a day and a that's, half. And I'm like, that's dope. Hmm. Like both of them have jokes and I, it, this is very rare for me, but they both have jokes. And then Roy also has a joke like this where I'll get mad at how good it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, I am. Mm. Uh, so Roy yep. in the black patriotism bit where he talks about um, living in America and it, it's per I, I played it for a coworker last week. But like, so especially the tag where he's like, and then he's like, and then it, uh, Apollo Creed dies. Like Michael B. Jordan lost his daddy that day. And every time I hear it, I'm like, I am livid on the recording that that audience didn't laugh harder at it. It's yeah, that, brilliant. It's a, it goes over, uh, it goes over their head. And I, I wonder, I'm like, I, I you know. And I've, and I've told him this. I was like, I am mad for you that that did not get yeah. a bigger laugh because it's so smart yeah it's it's living in and it's as a person who has seen all of the rockies <laughs> and absolutely loves apollo creed rest in peace and uh it's just like i that that whole bit is perfect it's it's one of my favorite jokes ever of all time yeah so no I, that's that's a damn that's a damn good list that's a damn good list and you know, but I'm glad that you've carved, you know, a little space for yourself. You know what I mean? So I do my best. Know, so where can people where can people find you? What what do you anything else you want to plug that you got coming up before we get on out of here? Mm, so I do an online show with Comedy Hub the second Wednesday of every yep. month. It's called Pantry Raid. And we talk about snacks, we tell jokes, that's, it's a good time. Uh the next one is on March eighth at eight PM okay. Eastern. And what else? Well, the special's out on YouTube, youtube.com slash amamarfo or amamarfo.com slash comedy. And I'm on Instagram and YouTube at amamarfo. So keep go. following along. Drop a note. Say hello. Would love to joke around with you. Hell yeah. Who's one of the, who's taking the Stanley Cup this year? Ooh, I was just talking to my ex-boyfriend about this, actually. <laughs> um, me too. We think that the me too. Not, not with your ex, but I mean, I was talking. I mean, it's lovely. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, <laughs> we, we do think that the Lightning still have a chance for it. Um, okay. Boston is upsettingly good. Like, I don't want it to have to come to that, but it might. I know. I don't want it. It terrifies. It, as a resident that has lived here for three years, it is. this place is terrifying when it's good at sports. Uh-huh. And... The Celtics and the Bruins are great right now, mm -hmm. and it's not annoying yet. But it will. But be. it is. But it's terrifying uh -huh. because you there's just that angst, aggression. You could just feel it brewing. Aggression is spot on. And St. Patty's Day is right around the corner, so I'm just like, I gotta leave town. Normally, I'm yeah. Normally I feel I'm like gone for St. Patrick's Day, and I'm not going to be this year, so I got to find somewhere else to go. It's the White Purge Day. I can't. Do it. I gotta, I gotta go. It's like there are no so, rules and everyone is just screaming and wearing green. And normally I like green. I don't want them to ruin it for me. So I think I'm going to go see my sister in Connecticut. I want to, maybe I'll just do it like a, a early Juneteenth. You know, like there should be a mid Juneteenth. Like, I mean, rip. 
three months. It's yeah. Yeah. You could it you could you could do a ah shit, I'll just go to Atlanta or something. You know what I mean? Do just, it. Just, do it. Just something. Yeah. Just something. Not Savannah. You know, they also maybe. have a really big St. Patrick's Day thing. But Atlanta, yes. yes. Why, why do you know this? Because I know this too. It's the, oh my God. So people don't know, for if you don't know, Savannah, Georgia has the number three. If it, it, it goes number three in St. Patty's Day uh, cele- uh, celebrations, it goes uh, Chicago and Boston, they one or two. Mm-hmm. And then the third is Savannah, Georgia, for whatever reason. Yeah. I, I was briefly stationed there, like, for, I was TDY there for like, a month and um, two days before I showed up with St. Patty's and the commandant released us. He released us early. He was like, listen, y'all got 36 hours. <laughs> y'all come in on the next, uh, y'all, I'm giving y'all plenty time to recover mm-hmm. and get home safe. Mm-hmm. And I, I was, I'm thinking like, it's St. Patty's day in Savannah, Georgia. It ain't that, it's no big deal. And yet. Yep. Population triples mm-hmm. just for that day. So I lived in Tallahassee, so I wasn't that far from Savannah. Oh, my God. And, like, I would go to Savannah just now and again to hang out, but, oh, my gosh, like, uh-uh. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. Call, yeah, I, had to, I went to Wet Willys. had that little call a cab. Oh. I had the little... I had a little, uh, I got river faced on shit street t-shirt. Amazing. You know what I mean? It's part, it's yeah. part of the experience. It's part of the experience. So if you're, if you're, if you're looking for a random celebration to, uh, to, I, I, I guess this is a travel podcast now, but, uh, you know, go to Savannah, Georgia. Um, it's got an interesting history mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, it's got an interesting history. It's from somewhere the first slaves were sold. That is something that I did not expect. To know, yeah, I didn't. And I didn't either. it's at Forsyth Square, which is on Whitaker Street, which was also like I had to sit with as oh a, gosh, in my last, yeah, you're, where you're like, oh, so the first slaves were sold on a street that is my last name. Yeah, wonderful. Oof. I'm gonna go cry. Yeah, you know. Yeah, sorry. We 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 ending this on a on a negative. <laughs> Forsyth Square is beautiful. Let's say that it's, it's beautiful, gorgeous. And they filmed Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. But the bench is not where it was. They moved it to a museum, but it's still in the city if you want to go find it. This this has been so wonderful to learn about Savannah, Space Camp, and, and Stanley <laughs> Cup with you. This is the three S's. Three S's. These I, are the, I love alliteration as a writer. It's, yep. it's fun. We're having a good time. These, these are the ties that bind. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe Like, that is just... That's that's really it's just really cool to to have that uh, to have that conversation with you. I appreciate you uh, just for joining me this evening, and um, make sure please please everyone go check out the special. It's on YouTube. Damn it, you know. And then once and, you watch uh, it, at some of my favorite celebrities, I'm very clear about who they are in my profile, and just make them watch it too. I need Vin Diesel to see this special. It is very important. So once you watch it. Just tag him and tell him to watch it. Just tell him it's for family. He'll do anything he, for he family. He will do anything for family. Absolutely. He'll do it. Yeah. So check out, yeah. Vin Diesel, check out my Stanley cousin and, uh, you know, just vibe with, you know, vibe with her and enjoy the nachos. I'm a, seriously, thank you so much for stopping by. I appreciate it. Love, laughter, much to you. Thank you for having me. This has been a blast. Hell yeah. Cool. <laughs>